Hey friends and foes, welcome to Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott, and today we're talking about how to self-critique your artwork. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a painting or a drawing or a collage, and you're just like, I do not know where to go next. I don't know what's wrong with this painting, with this project. I don't know why it doesn't feel good to look at. I can't figure out what I'm missing and what I'm doing right. I feel like this all the time. And I think it's part of being a creative person is to be self-critical of yourself. But it's also part of being an artist is learning how to self-critique your work in a way that is logical, respectful, and actually makes a difference in the result of your artwork and not just beating yourself up, being like, oh, this picture, it's not doing what I want it to. Instead of thinking like that, it's be like, okay, how can we how can we go through a system that makes sense that will actually give me answers on where I can move forward? And today, friends and foes, I've got a list for you, a list that's going to help you put your compositions together, how to get your light looking right, how to get your abstract work feeling exactly as you were imagining it. These these questions that I'm going to ask you that you are in turn are going to ask yourself in your painting are going to be golden. Most of these questions are things I've learned from various teachers over the years, things I just have naturally started to ask myself when I'm painting in my studio. As a reminder, I make abstract geometric paintings, and sometimes the questions I ask would be more suited for, say, a landscape painting or a figure drawing. But sometimes they they end up working out regardless if I'm talking about clouds or triangles, you know? <laughs> so in today's episode, I'm going to show you these questions. All of these will be down in the show notes, so you'll be able to reference them. You can copy them, put in your notes app, whatever. And I absolutely want to hear if you have a question that you ask your paintings that I am not asking here, I will you put it in the comments? Because I want to know what it is, because I love adding to my arsenal. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number one. This question is the end-all be-all question. So I ask this question every time I feel like, okay, I think the painting is done. And this question is like, if the answer is yes to this question, I don't need to ask anymore. And if it's no, then I have to keep going. So the number one question I ask is, is it convincing? Is the painting convincing? This applies to watercolors, to oil paintings, to drawings, to collages, to any sort of picture you're making, any sort of visual art. Is it convincing? Is the abstraction working? Is the landscape settled and weighted in the picture? Does it feel like when you're looking at it, you're like, yes, that's correct. That feels good. The answer is yes, and you're good to go. You can stop listening here. I'll see you later. Ta-ta, bye-bye. <laughs> but if the answer is no, then we have to figure out why. Why is it not convincing? I have a couple categories here where I like to think about how to fix the piece, how to make it convincing, right? So we're going to start out with the big one, the big kahuna, and that is light. Number one, the question is, does it have a sense of light? When I am looking at a figure drawing and I've, you know, I've got a model in front of me and I'm, I'm working on it and I've got charcoal over my hands, right? If I'm looking at it and I can't figure out where the light source is coming from just by looking at my drawing, I know that that's right away the biggest issue. When you fix the sense of light in your piece, you fix everything about it. <laughs> Light is the most important part of your of your painting, of your drawing. When you have a landscape, 
is there a sense of light or is it really flat, right? Is it is it a light coming from the sky and the sun and being bounced all over the place? Or is it just kind of like a gray day and it's overcast, even though you've got a blue sky in the background? You know what I mean? In abstraction, this is like my number one question. Does it have a sense of light? I, I find that a lot of abstraction does not have a sense of light. And I think what makes it really good and compelling of something when it's just like, you know, a bunch of triangles or a gradient, <laughs> when it has a sense of light, when you can feel what the light is doing, and then, you know, we're getting somewhere. It's getting juicy. It's getting interesting. From there, we say, okay, does it have a sense of light? We break it down, right? We're thinking about, is the light white or is the light bright? Okay, that's a really important question. Is the light just the color white? Like, have you put down some titanium white on your palette and you're like, that's the lightest color of the painting? Or is the color bright? When you're painting, you don't want the white color and the light color to be really, you know, translucent. You want it to have a lot of body. I have a teacher from, gosh, 10 years ago now, who was like, the white the highest highlight in your painting should be the thickest part of your painting. Like it should be, have the most body to it. You should see the brush strokes the most here. You want your light color to have a fullness, an opacity, right? And um, that's, that's kind of fun. It's kind of important. Okay, so we think about is light white or is it bright? Light can be blue, it can be red, it can be yellow, it can be violet. <laughs> this is almost a Mika song here. It can be so many different colors. It doesn't have to be white. So if you're looking at your picture and you say, okay, I have a sense of light, but it it is only the white. It's like the white of the canvas, right? It's the white straight out of the tube. Think about changing that. I bet your painting will be more convincing. If the lightest color is not just plain titanium white. So we have, does it have a sense of light? Is What color is the light, right? And uh, where is the light coming from? Is it coming from the sky? Is it coming from a reflection? Is it coming from a candle? Is it coming from behind something? Like in the picture on the cover of this podcast episode, right? I have this abstract piece here. It's got a big diamond and the light's coming from behind it. That's very fun. And then after that, you need to ask, is there an overbalance of light and dark? I find that the best pictures, the best pictures they have either high key or they're low key, meaning... If it's high key, most of the painting is bright whites. It's very light and has a couple spots of darkness, right? Or it's the opposite. It's low key where it's mostly dark and has a couple spots of brightness. If it's really balanced and like like half black, half white, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel uncomfortable. And maybe that's your that's what you want. And we'll get down to emotions later on in the questions, but if you're not trying to make your viewer uncomfortable and it's really, really, really balanced, try changing it. Tip the scale into one or the other. You can have a middle key painting and have it look good, but if it's if it's too balanced, that might be what's throwing you off. Okay, and then the last question, and I ask this question no matter what I'm looking at. If it's abstraction, if it's watercolors, if it's botanical art, whatever it is, this question is so important. What time of day is it in your pics, in your artwork? What time of day is it? When I look at the picture on the cover art here, it is dusk, right? It's 
the the light is fading. We have a couple of highlights from, you know, maybe a car driving by. And you're like, Stephanie, this is abstraction. It is, it is. But when I see it, that's what I think about. It's dusk. It's very dark out. When you look at your botanical drawing, maybe you're making a drawing of, you know, an iris or something like that. What time of day is it? Is it mid-morning? Is it noon? Is it something else? When you're looking at your watercolor, even if this is fantasy, even if this is in space, think about what kind of what time of day it is. Make note of what the weather is doing. Is it windy? Is it chilly? Is it hazy? Is it raining? Is it hailing? <laughs> is it doing something else? Is it like a blistering still sun? All of those are questions you need to be asking yourself as you're looking at your painting, as you're looking at your drawing. What is the temperature? What time of day is it? Actually skipped ahead there a little bit, but let's go next into atmosphere, right? So it just kind of bleeds in from light into atmosphere. The next question is, what is the temperature? Is it hot? Like, is it like you want to take off your skin hot? It's just blistering so warm. Is it extremely cold? Do you want a jacket? Like when you're when you're out here and you're painting and you, your your hands are cramping up because it's so freaking cold out, but you're making this beautiful abstract pattern piece. Like think about what is the temperature? When I look at this piece on the cover here, I'm thinking, oh, it's probably you know about forty five degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> like it's pretty chilly. It's not it's not a warm day. I look at it and I'm like, brr, it's cold. And um, if you can't define what the temperature is. Maybe that's where your answer lies into making the better, painting better. Continuing in the atmosphere, here's a couple of smaller questions you could ask where if you might be having trouble, you're like, I'm not really sure where, how to fix the atmosphere. Is the background outlining your foreground? Say you have a picture of a figure sitting for you. It's a portrait and you have a background of a curtain and the curtain is red velvet and then you have your person in front of it. If you are outlining your figure and you're doing this as like a crutch or you're doing this accidentally versus your background, it's going to feel weird. The atmosphere will be broken. I want you to think about when you're painting. When you're painting atmosphere, the atmosphere is not super far away. The atmosphere, it starts right in front of your eyeball. Like take your finger and you're going to hold it up in front of you and put it like as close to your eyeball as you can without like touching it. <laughs> that's where the atmosphere starts. And that's where you're going to start painting. The image that you're painting starts right in front of your eyeball. Okay. I'm going to let you think about that for a while and break your brain for a hot second. Maybe pause if you need to. But if you're looking at your portrait, your sitter, the person who's sitting in front of you and you're doing their portrait, if you're painting it and you have an outline of the background around them, you're not actually painting what's right in front of your eyeball. You're just painting the person and then the background. Remember, it's all in the same field of vision. It's all in the same plane of vision. And you want to make it seamless as if the person is in the space that they're sitting in, not the person is sitting and then there's a background. The next thing you can ask is, where is the highest point of contrast? Now, I don't know about you, but I live on a planet that has gravity. <laughs> and if the highest point of contrast is really low in the painting, it's going to make me feel uncomfortable. You want the paint, the highest point of contrast to be towards the middle, but also um, like a little bit lower than the middle, all the way up to the top. 
the highest point of contrast should be the thing that's closest to you, right? So like in my picture above, the highest point of contrast is from the middle to the to the base, and it's kind of created a pattern and a rhythm there. That feels very close to you, where everything else in that painting is far away, and that's very fun. And that's why it feels good to look at. The next question, it's my favorite word. It's geometry. I only have two super short questions here. And this is about mark making and it's about edges. The first one is, do your marks have weight to them? Like when you look at the things in your picture, whether it's the shapes, it's the mountain edge, it's the curve of an ear, does it feel like it has weight or is it flat? Like when you look at it, does it feel flat? Does it feel like there's dimension happening? Look at the geometry and have how well your drawing was compared to your painting. If you're, if you're making a painting, if you're drawing and you're sticking with the drawing, how, how correct is that drawing, uh, you know, in, in anatomy, in perspective, look at those questions. The next thing is, are your edges really clear? Now I'm someone who is in love with edge work. I like a good edge. There's nothing sexier than that. It's just the most beautiful thing on the planet is a really, really good edge. Is there variation in the edges? Is there lines that are high contrast versus lines that are really low contrast and kind of bleed together? Are they clear? Like, can you define them and where they are? Or are they vague, not on purpose, but on accident? Think about questions like that. If you've gotten to this point and you're like, something is still wrong with this painting, we're now going to move into the second half, which is color. Color is such a heavy part. If you're, if you're painting in monochrome, I want you to think of value in this, in this instance. Okay. So is your color the correct value, right? From like light to dark, is it the correct hue, right? From red to green to blue, or is it the correct intensity, <laughs> like saturation, right? So is it like straight out of the tube phalo blue, or is it something that's mixed and softer? If it's no to any of those questions, that's where you need to go look for your answer, right? That's where the answer lies. Um, but if it's yes, and you're like, hmm, okay, but can I name the color in my head? Sometimes I'll make a painting and I'll look at it in its complexity and in its entirety. And I'm like, that painting is blue and also pink. <laughs> but then, but then I like really look into the details and I'm like, Okay, it might be blue and pink, but it's actually like a thousand different kinds of purple that I couldn't even like categorize as like I couldn't name what they are. And even the lightest blues are actually a kind of purple and there might be some green in here and I'm not really sure what's happening. When you're getting there, we're so happy. <laughs> I love it when I get there. I'm like, the colors are doing wild things. I don't know how I got this green and this pink to make a blue. That's wild. It's crazy. But you want to you wanna think about, can you name the colors? And I want you to say no. I want the answer to be no. Be like, no, we can't name the colors because they are that complex, because you've been mixing them that thoroughly, and they are that, you know, they have really good color relationships. More simply, here's a question for you. Say you have a, uh, a figure in an oil painting. Is there any warmth in your shadows? If your picture is feeling really flat, I want you to think about what the shadows are doing. If you, if they feel really cold and they're just like blues and icy colors, try and warm them up. When you warm them up, they will bring more life to the painting. Another really concrete question to ask is, 
is each of your colors saying one of two things. Is it saying, I am a light, or is it saying, I am a dark? Remember, colors are all about relationships, relationships to each other. You might have a quinacridone magenta, and you might have it next to an umber, and you might have it next to a white, and they're going to be doing two very different things next to both of those colors. If you can define if the color is a light or a shadow, you're probably making good choices. And if you can't, try and change that color so that it does. And it might not be changing that color specifically, but instead the color right next to it. Keep that in mind. Overall, if you're looking at your painting and you're looking at the colors and you're like, I'm not quite sure if they're right, a good tip is if you squint at the painting, like, okay, I have glasses and um, if I take them off, everything is blurry. That's perfect. Squint enough that you like can't see a lot of the information. Like you couldn't see the words on your screen. If the colors seem correct there, then you've probably gotten them done correctly. Right. But if you see something that's off, you're like, the picture's too weird when I squint, like there's something wrong in a certain area. That's the area you got to change. And there's going to be a point where you're like, but that area was my favorite part of the painting. <laughs> got to kill your darlings. Okay. Got to <laughs> just take them out, do the change. It's going to be a better painting overall. You got your colors, you got the geometry, you got the atmosphere and you got the light, but the picture still isn't working. There, we need to go a step back even further into the art making process. The problem is probably in your composition. I uh, I got told a really, <laughs> a really tough thing the other day. Um, the other day, and by the other day, I mean a couple years ago, uh, by a teacher, and it was like Stephanie, not every one of your ideas needs to be a painting. <laughs> that sometimes, sometimes that's the answer, and you have to go back to your composition. I want you to ask, is your composition intentional or is it accidental? Like, did you do it on a whim or did you really, really plan it out? Does it follow one of the major guidelines of a composition on the diamond, on the triangle, in balance? There's there's so many variations on that. Look, look up composition if you need to. Does your picture have rhythm? Where is your eye landing in the picture? Like when you look at it or you ask a friend, you're like, just be like, hey, I'm going to have you look at my painting and I want you to tell me where your eye first goes to. If your eye is landing in a space that doesn't make any sense, it's not where the hero point of the painting is, like on the face or on the dead center of an abstract piece, or it's not being led around into a certain shape, that's a major problem in your composition. And honestly, at this point, it's better to start over and change the composition. Sometimes you gotta start over on a painting instead of fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and eventually overworking it. One one thing that's really good here, um, and this is a question I ask myself, is, is my brush stroke depicting what I'm painting in the picture? Like, am I trying to paint some grass and each brush stroke is like a single blade of grass? That's a no-no. You don't need to do that. That's that's how we go into insanity. <laughs> try Try to make a painting that says, hey, this is a grass in a field without painting every single blade of grass and you're going to have a better composition. It's going to seem less busy and better composed. Finally, a question to ask about your composition is, did I crop this correctly? If I cut the painting a little bit on one side, would it feel more balanced? Would it feel more compelling to look at? Would it feel just stronger overall? Or do I need to widen it? Do I need to make it taller? Do I need to make it round? Do I need to make it on the diamond? 
have a willingness to be flexible with your picture. When you're flexible with the shape, when you're flexible with the motif, when you're not so attached to the outcome that it just rules your decision making, you're going to make stronger work and better work. My last section here, my last couple of questions is about emotions. Can you tell what the artist is feeling when you're looking at your piece? Like, I know you painted or drew your artwork here, but when you look at it, can you tell how that person was feeling? I can often tell what my emotions were doing or what problems I was having during the day when I was looking at that piece or making when I was creating that piece is what I meant. If you are in a state of mind that is really troubled because of outlying sources, because of anything else that's going on in your life, and you're looking at your picture and you're like, I am really just not getting this right. I can't do this. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe you should go have a snack. <laughs> Maybe you need to take care of your emotional self before you can continue on in the painting. Because perhaps you've gone down to all these questions and you're just being harsh on yourself versus, you know, analytical and <laughs> making good choices about what your painting is doing. There are many times where I have left the studio upset about my work and then come back the next day and been like, oh, this is actually a lot better than I thought it was. I've also had the opposite happen where I've been like, wow, I'm the queen of the world. And then I go to the studio the next day. I'm like, that's terrible. <laughs> Consider your emotional self when you are critiquing your work. Another question to ask about emotions is, does the painting feel like it has life to it? Or does it feel dull? And really, really look at your picture Really look at your drawing and be like, why is it not lively? Or why is it super lively and bright and exciting? What is it about this painting that was just like, ah, I am like gonna pee my pants. I'm so excited to make this piece of artwork that really compelled you to start this, you know? And my last question, when I need to get really dug deep into it, is did I make this painting because I'm emotionally attached to the subject or because I thought it would make a good piece of artwork. Sometimes I want to make a painting because I am in love with the subject. Painting my dog, painting my friends, painting a moment that happened to me. And that can have a lot of liveliness and life to it, but it can also make me blind to what is accurate of the painting. When I paint pictures of my friends, I often get caught up in what my friend looks like and I want to make them seem beautiful, or I get distracted by something, right? And my emotions about the subject alter how I'm creating the artwork. I often think it's better to forget about the subject and be a little bit more distant onto what exactly it is I'm painting. If you find that this is, happens to you a lot, you paint things that are really emotionally connected to you, it's, it's again, this is not a bad thing. This is just something to observe. To, to help this, I like to do this exercise, which is um, essentially painting a pile of trash. When I, when I get stuck on painting something I'm emotionally connected to, I will get a bunch of things in my studio, and then I'll take a picture of it, and I'll zoom in so far that I can't see what any item in the picture is, and then I'll paint that. And that will emotionally detach me from whatever it was in that pile. Maybe it was my favorite books and like my palette knife and also my laptop and, you know, uh, the picture of my animal or whatever. And when you, when you take out the subject, you start seeing the image for what it really is. And it makes this new abstract piece you're doing all the better. 
to close this episode out, I, I want to read a quote by my favorite, one of my favorite artists, but also one of my favorite teachers I've ever had. And he said this to me after a critique I had back in 2016, and I wrote it down because I thought it was so fun. He says, he said to me, if you ever think painting is easy, you aren't painting. <laughs> he was telling me that it had to be challenging. It's going to be challenging. And that's what makes it interesting. Painting is it's never easy. And if it ever feels easy, you're probably getting too systematic. You're probably getting too in your ways and you've started to lose the life of the image. I hope these questions have been extremely helpful. And if they have been, and you've like made your work better because of it, will you take a little before and after picture for me? Because I want to see how these questions helped you. Alternatively, if you're like, okay, I've gotten some yeses on some of these questions, and I've also gotten some noes on these questions, and I still don't know how to fix it, I have a solution for you. <laughs> you should come to me. <laughs> so I am hosting group art critiques. They're going to happen once a month. They have six spots open per class, and they are super affordable at $5 a person. During these sessions, I will help you with your artwork. I will give you constructive criticism and a clear plan on how to improve your painting, drawing, collage, or digital artwork in a friendly group setting with their artists. The next one is on April 30th, 2023, and they're going to happen every fourth Sunday from now on. I love doing a group critique. What's great about group lessons is that you get to hear about other artists' problems and you get to see their solutions come into be, which is like double the learning for you. You not only get help on your piece, but also you get to learn mistakes and solutions from other people. And that is just great. It's so much fun. So if you're interested, there's a link in the show notes below. I hope to see you in the group art critiques because they are so much fun. And, you know, bonus, if the critiques don't fill up, it just means I'm going to spend more time on your artwork. How fun is that? All right, friends and foes, good luck with your paintings. Good luck with your drawings. Make good choices. And I'll see you next time. Bye.